I'm excited to get to share the word of God with you this morning. Um, I'm going to pray this morning. Jesus, help. Amen. In memory, in memory of Donnie Moore. Um, as pastor's been speaking on restoration, renewal, and the Holy Spirit, um, I've really been reflecting a lot on the significance of, of the Holy Spirit in my life, um, of the power that is available to us through the Holy Spirit, and, and especially last week as, as pastor was sharing, man, I just could not let go of, of this simple truth that I would not be a Christian today if it was not for the Holy Ghost just going to be honest. Amen. I, I know that there are other people that, that are Christians that live their life and go to church and, and love the Lord and, and, and all of that. And I'm not, I'm just saying for me personally, if it wasn't for the Holy ghost, I would not be alive today. Amen. And, uh, and so I want to share just a little bit of, of my journey with you today, um, through some scripture that, that I feel will hopefully speak to your heart and, and encourage you in your walk with God, or maybe you haven't started your walk with the Lord today or up to this point today. I believe today that there's going to be a moment where you could surrender your life to Christ and start this new journey. Amen. You can turn your Bibles this morning to John chapter 16. Um, there is a little handout, has a scripture references, has some blanks, I'm not good at outlines like Pastor. He's really good. Um, he, I'm not that good, but I have a PowerPoint. Amen. So I compete. He does outlines. I do PowerPoint. Amen. He's been doing PowerPoint though, so he's he's stepping up. I might have to step up my outline game, but I kind of feel like between you and I, I'm not as good a preacher as he is. So if I give you everything I'm going to say, you're not going to listen to me. So he's really good. <laughs> Amen. So I like to leave you hanging. Like, what's he going to say? I don't know. Wait, and you'll fill in the blank. Amen. John chapter 16 and verse number 19. It says, now Jesus knew that they desired to ask him. And he said to them, are you inquiring among yourselves about what I said? A little while and you will not see me again. And again, a little while and you will see me. Most assuredly, I say to you, is it funny how, how Jesus references time? Just a little while. Right? Like, wouldn't it be nice if time just really felt like, oh, it's just a little while? How many of you guys ever feel like time just, sometimes it feels like it's going so fast, and then sometimes it's when we're wanting something, right? Like, is it ever going to get here, right? But then you also blink like me and my kids all of a sudden, like, people are like, enjoy them while they're young because they grow old so fast. And I'm like, please grow old. And now I'm like, stop! Right? Like, it's so weird how that, I don't even know when that switched. Probably when he got taller than me. Actually, I know when it switched, when he's like, Dad, can I use your truck to go get something? That moment was the scariest moment of my life. I'm like, there is, I didn't prepare for this at all. Like, I thought I'd be totally cool. We would just let him drive off into, you know, adulthood. And that moment when he, like, could take the car for the very first time all by himself, I was just like, oh, I don't, I'm like, no, you can't. I'm not ready for this. Right? And so as I begin to continue to read, most assuredly I say to you that, that you will weep and lament, but the world will rejoice and you will be sorrowful, but your sorrow will be turned into joy. You know, this morning as he's talking, he's talking about obviously um, his death and, and crucifixion and all of that. And, and I love the analogy he begins to use to highlight um, how the promise of God works in our life. He says, it's like a woman when she is in labor. How many women have been in labor in this room? Just raise your hand. Give us a witness. Like, yeah, that's me. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Mom, you've never been in labor? Oh, okay, good. I, 
I thought dad was raising his hand for you. <laughs> Man. <laughs> this is going to be a really interesting service. First service was totally different. I can already tell. Amen. Because her, okay, where'd I go? Oh, yeah. Because when she is in labor, has sorrow. The word sorrow is trouble, despair, adversity, misery. How many of you guys um, have not been pregnant? Raise your hands. Keep them up nice and, nice and loud and proud. If you have not been pregnant, raise your hand. So some of you obviously don't know whether you are pregnant or not pregnant ever. Okay, it's really obvious, okay? If you've given birth to a child, you were pregnant. If you have not, you've never been pregnant, okay? Um, how many of you guys have ever been in the room with somebody giving birth? Yeah. How many of you can remember that? I mean, you know, that's a very interesting moment, isn't it? Like, it is one of those moments that has this expectation, but so much pain. It has so much beauty, but so much not beauty, right? And, and to the point that we only really let, like, I mean, hardly anybody. Like, it's usually, like, your mom and maybe your spouse. Or maybe if you're weird, you let people come in and take pictures and film it because you want to remember that disgusting moment for some weird reason. <sighs> Those people are weird. If you're one of those, I pray for you. Because I'm like, I don't want to look at that. Like, God have mercy. Um, I'm going to read this. It says, <laughs> where did I leave off? But, oh, yeah. Where was it? I'm gone. I'm so gone. When she's in labor, has sorrow because her hour has come. But as soon as she's given birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish. How many of you guys know exactly what I'm talking about? Like, I wanted to play, like, a little video of a mom giving birth just to illustrate, like, the, the pain and the anguish. But I'm like, nah, it's too much for church, okay? But isn't it amazing how that moment where you're getting punched, you're getting, like, claw marks that are, I think I have a permanent scar somewhere. Like, there's things that are happening in that room that the minute you hear that, ah, 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 like, you forget about all the pain all the anguish, and you're like, oh, it's so beautiful. Oh, my gosh, let me hold that. You know, they don't even clean it. Like, let me just touch it right away. And you're like, this is disgusting. You wouldn't do that in any other moment but that. Like, let me hold this freshly born child because you want to embrace this moment, and it's so beautiful, and you want to remember it for the rest of your life. And, and all of a sudden, like, in a blink, you forget about everything you went through to hold that child until you get home and you lack sleep, and you're like, what do we do to ourselves? And then if you're weird like us, you do it again and again. And you're like, wow, we are really making this hard on ourselves because we're three deep, like, you know, four, five, six, wherever you stop. I don't care. Like, but you just keep going because you, you forget when you hold that child. It's the most beautiful thing. I remember, man, when I held Jake for the very first time, I looked down and I'm like, God help. I am responsible for another human being. But then at the same time, tears began to roll down my face. And I held that child. And I didn't go through the anguish of the birth, but to see what God brought forth was one of the most beautiful things I'd ever experienced. And I remember in that moment, like the, just everything about God became so much more real to me. And as he goes on to say, you no longer remember the anguish for the joy that a human being has been born into the world. Therefore, you now have sorrow, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and your joy no one will take from you. And in that day, 
you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly, I say to you, whatever you ask the Father in my name, he will give you. Until now, you have asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. This morning, as you begin to think about your life, there is something so much greater that Jesus wants to birth in us and through us. And it's not a one-time event. There's things that our ultimate promise that Jesus gives to us is, is our one-day entrance into all of eternity where we get to stand at the gates and Lord willing, and it's, it's our prayer and it is God's desire that he would be able to say to all of us, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. That's what we truly live for. Amen. That's what it's truly all about. Why do we worship? Why do we pray? Why do we read the word of God? Because I want to be able to walk into those pearly gates and know that God will say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. Amen. But on the flip side of that, there's also great things that God desires to do in our life while we're here on the earth. Amen. There's things that he wants to birth through there, through us. There's a life that he wants to give to us. There's, there's things that, that he wants to see come forth through us. And, and I believe today that, that he's going to encourage some of you in this season that you are in in your life. The greatest of all of, of all is the life of eternity. Secondly, is the life of absolute freedom and the life of total victory that God has promised for you. So this morning, how do we get to what God has for us? Number one, if you like to take notes, if you like to fill out your piece of paper, is embrace the pain. Embrace the pain. Amen? Um, how do we embrace the pain? Well, I, I think it'd be easily said that, you know, what if, I think we'd understand it better if we could flip the coin. What would be different if men were the ones that got pregnant? Amen? What would be different? Oh, well, I, I got a few things for you, okay? Number one, maternity leave would last for two years. <laughs> With full pay and morning sickness would rank as the nation's number one health problem. What's the most common pregnancy craving? You guys know what that one is? For men to be the ones that get pregnant. I wish you understood what I was going through. Just get me a pickle or a cheeseburger or whatever, right? I wish you were carrying this baby, right? Am I getting too close to home or did you guys all not ever hear any of those words? All right. So as pastor's been sharing about a life in the spirit and restoration, I believe God has a great word of encouragement for you today. Unfortunately today, our wimpy culture has us running from adversity and retreating when it gets hard. We live in such a wimpy culture today that we don't recognize that, that some of the things that we're facing in our life, some of the things that we're going through, some of the pain and some of the agony and some of the anguish and some of the sorrowful things are not because you're in the wrong place, but because you're in the right place. That's not a good word in church, is it? That does not help me feel good about my situation because our culture today says when it, things aren't going your way and they don't feel good, go find something else, right? Like if, if, it, if it doesn't meet your needs anymore, then there's got to be something better out there, right? Like that's our consumerism culture today. Like I want to go where it feels good. Right? And, and so we, we forget, but no, there's, there's a lot of scripture we're going to read today that, that talks about when you're doing what God's called you to do, there's some things that you're going to have to endure, right? I know for us, the scariest thing ever was saying, let's have a child, right? You guys know what I'm talking about? Did you ever feel prepared to bring a child into the world? No, you never feel prepared, let alone two, three, right? 
four, five, however many you, you have, it's, you're never fully prepared, but there's something in you that says, I, I feel like this is what God wants for our life. I feel like this is what our family should do. And, and so you, you do it and you accept, especially the, the wife or, and the mother, they go, okay, let's do this. And, and I don't ever think my wife stopped and said, I really want a child, but nah, because I don't want to go through all that anymore. I don't want to endure that. And my wife had some rough pregnancies, but every time she's like, let's have another kid. I'm like, are you sure you want to go through that again? No, I don't, but you know what I mean? And so when it comes to our life in Christ, we have to remember that, that there's some pain we need to embrace. It wasn't easy to endure the agony of becoming free from my addictions. It was so much easier to fall back into old habits and old ways, yet what I wanted was on the other side. It took me putting my foot down and living a life in the spirit as pastor's been talking about in order to truly endure that season of my life. You know, I think about when I first gave my life to Christ and that strung out drug addict, the mess, strung out on meth, had a bolt hole in the side of my head and the scar and, and all this stuff and, and all the hurts and pains and the scars that were inside that nobody could see and the thoughts and the mental state and, and, and all the, just this baggage of total dysfunction that I brought to the Lord. I can remember going, man, pastor, you're preaching these great messages. I'm reading the Bible now and I'm, I'm seeing what God has for my life and I want it, but man, what I'm going to have to go through to get it I had to really consider whether I was willing to go through that or not. And I think that's the point that God wants to take us and break us and take us to the place that he has for us. And you have to be willing to endure some anguish and some pain to get to where God wants to take you. I know for me, there was many times where I had to bawl my eyes out on the altar. I had to bawl my eyes out in my room and I had to come to the Lord. But I truly believe that if it wasn't for the gift of the Holy Ghost, that I could just begin to pray and build up my faith like we're going to read in a little bit, that, that I would not be victorious like I was today. I would not have overcome. Our wimpy culture wants to run, but God wants us to run to him. It's Genesis chapter 26 this morning. I got to hurry. Now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham his father. And they had filled them with earth. Now I don't know, um, when you read the Bible, I kind of, here's how I do it. I, I really replace the people with myself. I try to like, I try to like live in that moment. I try to put myself in that movie Right? I try to put myself in those situations to try to get an understanding of what is going on. So here, Abraham had, had dug these wells. They were part of God's provision for them and, and all these things. But Abimelech had risen up and had alternative motives. And the Philistines rise up. And I don't have time to get into all this stuff. But basically, they had surrendered and to the enemy, the Philistine. And you'll see a common thread throughout the Old Testament. The Philistines were kind of a, a, a continual thing in their life. Just like in your life, you'll have a Philistine spirit that continually tries to come against your life. Amen. They will continually try to come and try to defeat you, try to get you down, try to tell you you're not good enough, try to tell you're too little, you're too young, you don't have what it takes, that your, your nation is too small, that you aren't who God says you are. Amen. There's always going to be that, that spirit in the world that tries to tell you contrary to what God says you are. Amen. But Isaac rises up. As Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us. You are much mightier than we. Then Isaac departed from there, pitched his tent in the valley of Gerar, and dwelt there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water, which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father, 
for the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. He called them by names, which his father had called them. You know, this morning in the Old Testament, they didn't have the spirit within them inside, but they had the spirit with them. And I feel for us today that the wells are such a sign of the flow of the spirit in our life. And it's so easy when the Philistines begin to come against us, when situations rise up in our life, when adversity comes against us, if we lose sight of who he is, the well begins to be stopped up. And I want to tell you today that God is trying to birth breakthrough in your life. He's trying to break free, birth freedom in your life. He's trying to birth a, a new life that, that he has in store for you, a new purpose, a new destiny. Maybe you've been through a season of uncertainty. Maybe you've been through a season of, of tragedy. Maybe you've been through a season of hurt. But if you will dig into the well of the Spirit of God. The life of God will flow out of you with victory, with promise, with provision, and you'll find yourself standing there one day holding what God has birthed through you, forgetting about the pain and the agony, agony and the anguish that you had to endure. This morning, when you allow the enemy or the wrong voice to be victorious, you allow the flow of the Spirit to be stopped up. The flow, is, the flow of the Spirit and the flow of provision, the flow of power, and the flow of God in every area of your life is a promise that you have to protect. The Bible says in Jude chapter 120, it says, but you, beloved, building yourselves up on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. How do we stir up this well? How do we keep the flow of God in our life? It's through the Holy Ghost. Amen. You can't. We believe in our church here. We are full gospel, man. We believe in the Trinity, and we believe in the baptism of the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues, and we believe that that is the wellspring of life for each and every believer. Amen. And I'm going to tell you today that the Philistine spirit wants to stop the flow of that spirit flowing out of your life. I've seen it over and over. This morning, what has happened in your life or who has spoken into your life that it has caused you to surrender your rightful place to the enemy in such a way that the wellsprings of God are no longer flowing through you? This morning, stop the flow. Or don't stop the flow, point number two. Don't stop the flow. For us, the Holy Spirit is always trying to be the voice that allows the flow of God's promise in your life, regardless of adversity. <clears throat> the Bible says in Romans chapter 5, verse number 1, it says, By faith we have been, been made acceptable to God. And now, because of our Lord Jesus Christ, we live at peace with God. Christ has also introduced us to God's undeserved kindness on which we take our stand. So we are happy. Look at your neighbor and say, I am happy. You're supposed to like look happy when you say it. And we should like hear it. Like look at your neighbor and be like, I am happy. Look at him and say, you look happy. Some of you haven't smiled in a while. Like you actually, you're like stuff cracked and broke. Like I am happy. The joy of the Lord is my strength. Some of you have allowed the, the, the well of joy to be stopped up because of what you've been having to endure. So we are happy as we look forward to sharing in the glory of God. But that's not all. Say, that's not all. We gladly, say, I gladly, I gladly. suffer. 
Wait a minute, you faith people. What did you just say? You're faith people. You're not supposed to speak that garbage. Right? That's what we're told, right? We're faith people. We're not supposed to speak that. And I'm not saying that we're speaking it, but it's a reality. Amen? That as long as we live on this fallen world, there's going to be some suffering. There's going to be some things we're going to have to endure. But, but Paul says, be happy. Look forward to sharing in the glory of God. But that's not all. Don't get so caught up in your feelings. And don't get so sensitive as a Christian that you become such a wuss. <laughs> you know, you guys are so much better than first service was. You guys are like into this. First service, they're like, wait a minute. We have to suffer. I'm out of here. No, I'm kidding. They didn't do that. But it goes, we gladly suffer because we know that suffering helps us to endure. What an amazing passage of scripture that nobody wants to read, right? We don't want to hear that kind of stuff. We want to hear that, man, I prayed in the Holy Ghost, and man, whoo, glory. I feel like I'm just floating everywhere. And then, like, you open your eyes and like, whoa, life, what is happening right now, right? But, man, there's times where I pray in the Holy Ghost, and, and maybe I've watched too many movies as a kid. It's pastor's fault. They took me to see Superman back when Superman was dope, okay, when there was the real Superman movies, and I pray in the Holy Ghost, and, and I do, man. I feel like Superman. Like, I feel like I could, like, run through walls. Like, I could, like, I feel, and, and you can judge me and think I'm weird. I don't care because I love Superman. I feel like it's such, like, he's like Jesus with a cape, right? Like, is that sacrilegious? That might be too far. Okay? Close. You get what I'm saying, though, right? Like, he was sent to earth to, to protect humanity. Okay? Anyways, but... When I pray in the Holy Ghost, for some reason, like, I just feel like I got this cape on. And I feel like I can just go through anything. Like, I feel unstoppable. Amen? And that's the way God desired Because he knows that, that there's things in our life that, that we need to go through. But he knows that when we endure, when we stick it through, it says, and endurance builds character. What are we lacking in our world today? Because everybody's out for themselves. Everybody's trying to do what feels good and running from the things that actually develop the character within us. Amen? But the godly character only comes by endurance, which gives us hope that will never disappoint. All of this happens because God has given us what? The Holy Spirit who fills our hearts with his love. The Holy Spirit fills our hearts with love so that no matter what we're going through, whether it's the birth of a child or the overcoming of a temptation, whether it's a, a situation you've walked through where you've been hurt or you've hurt some, whatever, you can fill in the blank, man. It, there is so much that happens in our life from every scope and field, but at the end of the day, the reality is it's all because there's a spirit of this world that is trying to defeat each and every one of us trying to knock us off course. We forget that suffering is supposed to push us to a place of dependence and not resistance. I'm going to say that one more time. We forget that suffering is supposed to push us to a place of dependence and not resistance. See, the Holy Spirit is the key to the flow of love and hope in our lives. He gives us the ability to see what's beyond our moment of suffering.
Yesterday I was in a workshop with a lady that um, has been in youth ministry for 49 years. I was like, God, she has an incredibly large crown. That's what we get when we get to heaven, right? Crowns, it says, to, to, and she has mentored youth pastors, and, and she's, she's kind of like a hero, and, in the, and just she's amazing. And she was just sharing some things that we go through as um, youth pastors and, you know, with kids. And, and it's crazy because as a youth pastor, like, these kids come into your life, and there's just so many variables that are completely out of your control. But as a youth pastor, you tend to take it personal, right? Because you, you begin to get attached to these kids, and then all of a sudden, like, literally, like, the next week, they're gone, and you never see them again. You're like, wow, what just happened? Well, they got a job, or they went off to college, or they got a car, or their parents moved, or they got a divorce, or they got a girlfriend or a boyfriend, or they broke up with a boyfriend or a girlfriend, or whatever, you know? It's like, they just wake up one day and go, I don't want to come to church anymore. Like, there's just all these weird things that none of you adults have to deal with, right? But anyway, she was sharing... And she said this statement, and I, I put it down because I'm like, this is so fitting for this topic. She said, it takes trusting God's character even when you can't trust or even when you can't understand his hand. It's trusting his character when you cannot understand his hand. There's going to be times in your life where if you don't know what his word says, you're going to struggle to understand why you're in a situation you're in. And you're going to begin to question whether you are in God's will or out of God's will. There's been a few times in my life where I've had to go, I know what your word says, so I'm just going to trust that. I know what, what, what you've done in the past, God. I can remember the things that I've held, the things that I've seen, and the experiences that I've had, and those are going to be the things that give me the strength to trust that your character does not change, even though what I'm experiencing right now has me confused. Does that make sense this morning? We need to learn to trust the word and not emotion. Amen? You will never find emotion and feeling correlated with faith. Never in the word of God will you find him comparing our feelings to faith. Amen? It's not about what we see, hear, smell. It's about trusting what the word says. It is in the pressing. It, is, it was the pressing in that brought my breakthrough. It was the enduring that gave me the victory. It was the Holy Spirit that gave me the power. This morning as I begin to wrap up, I want you to turn to a passage of scripture, Judges chapter 14 and verse number 5. The title of my message, I didn't even say, because I don't know if it even matters. Maybe it'll stick with you. Show me the honey. How many of you guys have ever heard the phrase, show me the money? God cares about the honey, not the money. And I believe that through our pain, through our situations, that God has something so much greater that he produces in our life. And the Bible says in Judges chapter 14 and verse number five, says, so Samson went down to Timnah with his father and mother and came to the vineyards of Tim Timnah. Now to his surprise, 
How many of you guys have ever found yourself in a situation and you are totally surprised by what is happening? I don't know if you guys ever had one of those awkward conversations where somebody dropped something on you. All of a sudden you're like, didn't expect that. Right? Like, um, or, you know, <laughs> since we're talking about pregnancy, like they walk in and be like, hey, I got something to tell you. Didn't expect that. Right? Like, how many of you, you know what I'm talking about? Or you get a phone call. Didn't expect that. You get some news. Didn't expect that. Life is filled with moments that we call little surprises that we weren't expecting. Amen? And it says that as he was surprised, it says a young lion came roaring against him. Now he was surprised. And I'd ask you this morning, why are we so shocked when adversity comes against us when we pursue God? Where we like Samson, where we get so surprised when all of a sudden the enemy tries to attack our life. Why are we so surprised when the lion tries to rise up and roar in our life? Why are we so surprised when that Philistine spirit tries to rise up and tempt you and tease you and mock you and ridicule you and dance around in your head to get you to feel defeated, unworthy, not victorious, and, and, and settling for second best instead of settling for God's best? Maybe that's just me speaking to myself, and you guys just get to hear my thoughts this morning. But I can tell you that nothing is a surprise to God. When you trust him, he knows every situation. He knows what you have to endure. He knows what you have to walk through. And that's why we have a promise as we read, carrying on in this passage, it says, and the spirit of the Lord came, what? The spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him. Listen to me, church. If you will trust in Jesus, no matter what you go through, the Spirit of the Lord is always there to be mighty in your life. There's been so many times of, of, of loneliness, of hurt, and, and questioning, and, and despair, but yet I found myself in those moments making a choice. Do I begin to agree with the thoughts, the feelings, and the emotions, or do I go to the Word of God? Do I go to prayer? Do I go to worship? Do I go to scripture? And do I begin to pray in the Holy Ghost? Just like Jude said, and begin to build up my whole, most holy faith. Trust me, every single one of us in this room is tempted. Don't you ever think you're the only one that struggles with temptation in some form or fashion. Every single one of us is. Every single one of us has a Philistine spirit that tries to attack our life. Every single one of us has lions that try to rise up in our life. You are a human being, and until you walk into eternity with Jesus Christ, you will have those things coming against your life. But it says, as the Spirit of the Lord came mightily upon him, he tore the lion apart as one would have torn apart a young goat. Think about that, man. Could you imagine I don't know about you, but I want to be in the Bible times, man. I want to be when this stuff happened. Could you imagine, like, getting to take pictures with your smartphone? And selfies with, like, I'm with this dude. He just ripped a lion apart. Could you imagine? Anyways, that's how I think. But he did not tell his father or mother what he had done. Then he went down, talked with the woman, and she pleased Samson well. After some time, he returned to get her. And he turned aside to the carcass of the lion, and behold, a swarm of bees and honey were in the carcass of the lion. He took some of it in his hands, and he went along eating. When he came to his father and mother, he gave some to them, and they also ate. But he did not tell them that he had taken the honey out of the carcass of the lion. <laughs> 
This morning, I want to ask you, where's the honey in your life? Where are the moments where the Spirit of God has shown up mightily on your behalf? Where are those places where you said, I'm not able, but he is? Where are those moments where where God has given you a great victory over something and you should be remembering and you should be sharing it with those that you come in contact with? I'm here to tell you today that your suffering, your anguish, your hurt, your pain, the lions, the Philistine, the spirits that have tried to come against you, if you will trust in him, the spirit of God is mighty in your life and breakthrough is always part of our promise. Amen. This morning, I want the worship team to come back up. Are the girls back over here? Oh, yes. You guys can all come up. I have something special for you this morning. My last point for you today is victory is sweet. Victory is sweet. I'm a, I'm a sports guy. Any, any sports people in here? Although I, I'm having a harder time watching them these days because I don't like the political thing. But I still love the sport. I love basketball. That's my thing. Right, Brad? And uh, I can have the worst game of my life on the basketball court. Miss every shot. Well, I don't ever miss every shot, right, Brad? And make a bad pass, make a turnover. I should be, I should be having a contract. I just want you guys to know that I actually should be playing for somebody. But at least at Lord's Gym, right, Philip? Yeah. And uh, I, I've had some of those games where you're just like, wow, I should never play the game of basketball again. Like, why am I even out here? But you just keep playing. Like, you make a bad pass. You shoot an air ball. Could you imagine? These guys in the NBA shoot air balls. I'm like, how do you get paid $30 million a year and not even be able to make a free throw? Have you ever noticed that? I'm like, you're getting paid millions of dollars to do one thing, shoot a basketball. And you can't even shoot the most fundamental shot in the game. Anyways, that's a whole other topic. But I get out there, and you've, it's just been horrible. But there's been these times where you get the ball, and game's on the line, and you hit that game winner. And you're like, oh, yeah. You forget about every bad pass. You forget about all the bad shots. And you walk off the court like, yeah, that's right. Where's the contract? Right? You know what I'm talking about? Maybe you're a sewer. I don't know. I'm trying to relate to the girls. And your fingers are tired from knitting and stitching. But man, Janet, she's not here this morning. She's a quilter, you know, but your fingers, they get sore. And, but man, you, you get it done. You hang that quilt up. And everybody's like, that's so beautiful. But, but they don't know how many times you poked your finger, how many blisters you got. Everybody just gets to enjoy the blanket, quilt, whatever, okay? Geez, see, I'm, I'm touching a vein here. Because what we have to endure is not everybody else's problem, it's God's problem. But what it produces out of us is for the benefit of everybody else. Your lion, your Philistine, is not somebody else's problem, it's your problem. And by faith and trust in the Holy Spirit and in the promises of God, when you get that victory, the honey that it will produce will benefit a lot of people.
See, God always has a way of establishing pillars or markers in our life that allow us to be reminded of who he is in us. See, the honey was given to Samson as a sign of God's victorious work that can be done no matter what adversity comes against us. For Samson, this began his journey of doing these great feats and, and these things. And, and for him, I believe it was like this, this moment that he could always look back no matter what he faced, no matter what the next thing was. He could look back and he could remember when he ripped that line apart with his bare hands. And he could remember what God brought him through and the victory that God had promised him. And I'm here to tell you today that God wants to give you moments of honey. God wants to give you these moments of victory, not so that you can keep it to yourself, but that you can remember, that you can share with others, that you can say, this is what God has done. This is the victory that I've received. This is the breakthrough that has come in my life. I want to share what God has done in my life. Could you stand to your feet this morning? I want to share a special song with you that has been ringing in my heart. And I asked the girls to, to sing it. And as they sing, I want you to, to know that 1 Peter 5 and verse number 8 says, Be sober, be watchful, because your adversary the devil as a roaring lion walketh about, seeking whom he may devour, whom withstand steadfast in your faith, knowing that the same sufferings are accomplished in your brethren who are in the world. You're not alone, friends. Amen. What you've had to go through, what you're going through, you're not alone. And the enemy is going to continue to try to roar in your life. But I'm here to tell you today that a man and woman of God that is tapped into the Spirit of God will always come out victorious no matter what rises up against them. No matter what comes against you, nothing, as this song begins to say, can take away our hallelujah. I want you to hear this song. Maybe you've never heard it before. I believe that it's very prophetic for this day and hour in which we live in. And as they do, I've asked our ushers to hand out some honey to you today. And I want you to think about what is your honey story that God has given you in your life? What are the moments that, that God has done something so significant in your life that it's what carries you through to your next victory? So as they sing this morning, you guys do that. I want you to hear this song. If you know it, you can sing along. Amen.